Oh, to be able to move forward, not to hurt so bad that you can't function, to not have the tears that won't stop coming, to feel normal again. That would be so great. It is the goal, the hope. It's the thing you pray for, and it's starting to happen. But wait, does moving forward mean you forget your loved one? If it does, then I'm not sure I want to move forward. Not only is the idea of forgetting them sickening, it's also a great way to feel guilty. What kind of person would you be if you move on without them and what feels like forgetting the impact they made in your life? What you're going through, where you are, it's a sign of progress, but you will have to come to terms with where you are and how you feel so you won't feel guilty and so you don't forget your loved one. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I hope you feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Belgium, our spotlight country this week. I also want to give a shout out to California back on the top with the most downloads. I share these because I am a geek but also as tangible reminders of the need for Christian grief support and the most important fact that you are not alone as you walk out this thing called grief. From the day after your loved one died, you've wanted nothing more than to feel normal without the pain, the brain fog, the confusion and sadness and the rivers of tears. You've sat in a dark place more days than you want to admit and have fallen into the pit after a mention of their name or a song or a smell that reminded you of them and your loss. You try really hard to get through each day to take care of business, to trust God and his sovereignty, and you wear yourself out with the work of grief because it's constant waves, constant tasks, the business of death, and the loud silence that permeates your nights. Now, when speaking of nights, they can be brutal. When, God, will this nightmare be over? You would give anything to have a day without pain, without the tears, and then when it comes, you don't want it because it means you are forgetting them. You get almost a little panicky in the moment because if normal means that you leave them behind, that you get a life that is without them, well, that's not okay. It makes you feel like a terrible person, like you are dishonoring them. How can it be okay to do that? The questions of your role in the relationship, 
your identity then and now without them will shake you. In your mind, you'll scramble to remember a million details. And when you can't remember all of them, you feel like you're forgetting them. I ask God why I couldn't just be a little happy about the change, about the desire to move forward. I was getting these glimpses of a life after loss, and I wanted to jump from the darkness of grief to the light of a new day and this new life. If you think that you're just going to wake up one day and everything will look different, like a light switch, well, I'm sorry to inform you, that's not going to happen. It's more like the dimmer switches that you turn to the right, you know, just for a little bit more light. You don't move from hardly able to breathe to laughing without guilt in an instant. There's this in-between place you have to navigate. The in-between, it's beyond constant pity parties and just making it through the day, but it's before you have the energy and the desire to build a new life. The in-between is like when you're trying to make a decision and you sit on the fence. It makes it easier not having to commit to one side or the other, but after a while, the fence becomes uncomfortable. While you sit on the fence in between your old life and what lies ahead, you still feel sadness and pain, but not as much. And you want to build a life, but not without them. So you just sit on the fence of in between. <laughs> this part is frustrating too, as are all the stages of grief. But your level of functioning is higher than it has been. So to get off the fence, this is what you need to do. First of all, number one, recognize that you're on the fence. You are not where you were. That is something to be so grateful for. Number two, you need to want to get off the fence. Now you're going to know when it's time because it'll stop being comfortable up there. Three, you need to understand that while you are building a life where your loved one is absent in physical form, you take them with you. Now, this is not a, oh, you have them in your heart and everything is better kind of thing. It's more like you build a meaningful life to honor them. And the legacy they have left for you, that becomes a part of you. If not for Monica's life, I never would have gone or finished college. If not for Monica's life, I never would have been free from the anger and resentment of my past. But if not for Monica's death, I never would have allowed God and not me to dictate my future, my calling. And you, you wouldn't be listening right now. Number four, building a new life feels dishonoring to your loved one. But not building one, maybe that's dishonoring to God and what he has given you while your loved one was alive. You know purpose can be birthed out of pain if you allow God to order your next steps. So, let me recap. One, be grateful that you are actually on the fence and you're not in the pit. Two, want to get off the fence. Three, understand that while you're building a life, where your loved one is absent in physical form, you do take them, their legacy, the meaning of their life with you. Three, I'm sorry, four. <laughs> Think about not getting a new life 
because that that also dishonors your loved one, but more so, it will dishonor God. Now, if you're concerned that you're going to forget the day-to-day details that were hardly noticed then, but are glaringly absent now, then write down what you do remember right now. Put your thoughts to paper so in the next months to years, you can come back and read them. This may be something you share with family, friends, or grandchildren down the road, but it also may be something you never share with a single soul. It's going to help you feel not guilty. It's going to help you stay connected, and it may help you focus on your purpose after loss. Now, here are some prompts for you to use in your writing. Think about the color of their eyes, their smile, their laugh. What was the funniest moment with them? The craziest moment? The proudest moment? What did they tell you over and over? You know, to the point where you rolled your eyes. How did they see you? Did you talk about things to do in the future? Is there any unfinished business you should take care of? Now, y'all, you know I'm slow in most everything, so don't judge me here. But writing the book, selling the house, and spreading Monica's ashes were in the unfinished business category for me. And 7, 10, and 12, well, those are the number of (laughs) I hate to even say it. Those are the number of years it took me to do those things. Seven years to sell the house. Ten years to spread the ashes. And 12 years to write that book. So no pressure for you to do this tomorrow, but it is certainly an option to help you get off of the fence of in-between. Now These prompts will help add some detail that may become fuzzier later. As you are hit with the landmines of grief, those moments that just absolutely take you by surprise and overwhelm you with pain and tears, well, Write those down as well when you compose yourself because in those moments you remember things that you're not going to remember later. Our word for the week is 1 Peter 5.10 And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. When you are going through grief, a little while may seem like forever, but focus on the part after that. God of all grace will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. I promise it is a place worth the wait. And if you want a little extra Bible reading today or this week, read Philippians 1, really the whole chapter. It's not that long because the themes are joy hardship, hope beyond suffering, and God's glory. Like Jesus, Paul's service to others brought him face to face with humiliation and death, but he was still confident that God would be glorified through his suffering. Monica spent 12 days in hospice, but only 10 of those were when she was conscious. In those 10 days, she impacted each staff member she came into contact with, They really didn't know what to make of her faith, and it led to questions, to her loving on them, and them wanting that level of trust, that level of confidence she had in God and his word. All this to say, you are going through an incredibly hard season, but don't forget that you still have a future. I say that with confidence 
because you're still here and God will not waste this pain without purpose. When I said that not getting a life is dishonoring to God, it's because no one who is breathing today is without purpose. Now, your journey works or the work of your journey for this week are, number one, if you are on the fence between I can't breathe and ready to build a new life, then thank God you were up there. That is progress. Two, if you are worried about forgetting the sweet details of your loved one, then start writing them down and using the prompts that I shared. Three, if you're listening and wishing you were on that fence of in-between because you're still in the I can't breathe stage, then the work of your journey is to pray, read, and rise. Here are other ways for you to take action and connect. Join the private Facebook group. Check out the website for individual grief coaching and the workshop. It's called What to Do After the Loss of a Loved One. I do wish I had this during my first year because it's going to be like your compass to help guide your steps towards healing. Listen at the end for more details or go to grieftograatday.com to purchase. In the meantime, remember who holds your future and keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on that couch, and keep taking those steps, however small or slow, towards your healing. And here's the information on the workshop. Your search for, what do I do now? It's over. If your loved one has just died and you feel like you're in the twilight zone and you don't know what to do, this is the workshop you need. What's just happened to you is surreal and the world can feel upside down. Getting through the day is hard enough, but knowing where to find help for what you're going through should not add to the overwhelm. Don't be frustrated searching for help and then do nothing. Mindless internet searches and the quotes on loss, the ones that make you nod in agreement, may provide momentary relief. But don't you want to truly heal? I know you'd rather stay in bed, but time alone does not heal all wounds. What you do with the time, that is what will determine your destination. I know you've thought, I never knew it would be this hard but you don't know what role you play in your healing process. So in this workshop, you'll discover the most important actions to take in the confusing first days, weeks, and months of grief when the world has flipped and you're still in a fog. So think about this. What if you knew the next best step to take right now as you're forced to live life without your loved one? What if you knew the destructive actions to avoid and why? What if you didn't need to sort through the list of try this or read that from well-meaning friends and family who haven't been through loss? What if you knew someone who saw the warrior rising within you while understanding the endless tears and pain you fight against every day? What if you could build your faith instead of distancing yourself from God as you process the whys, the what-ifs, and the endless questioning? And what if you had help to live when you can't imagine life without them? Now, there are four actions to take, and the workshop walks you through each of them. They are, action one, pursue God. The power, it's not in religion. It's in the relationship. Action two, understand grief. 
grief will affect you physically, spiritually, and emotionally in ways you never imagined. Action three, process daily life. The daily grind, that's where the battles are won. Action four, seek support. There's a lot of choices for support, both in person and online, but not in alignment with your Christian values. Do not wait to walk toward healing. Become empowered, not overwhelmed. I know everything else is confusing right now. This won't be. You're going to receive lifetime access to the workshop, a private Facebook group, six bonuses including audio and written downloads, meditation cards, and discounts. So if you're ready to finally take God-focused, healthy action, get rid of the overwhelm, the wishing and the wanting to get better, this, this is the place to start. I know what it's like to watch someone you love die, to sit in a corner and to scream, be angry with God and to hurt so bad you can't even describe it. I've experienced the kind of loss that takes your breath away. I've fought the endless tears and felt like a failure when I couldn't hold it together in church or as I ran out of the grocery store. There's hope and help. You can heal and get to the point that you're ready to create a life for yourself. And if that sounds far away or even impossible, then you're in the right place. God gave me the heart and the passion to help you walk through the hardest moments. You need to know there's life on the other side of grief. Maybe you can't even breathe right now, and the thought of laughing or being happy again seems unrealistic. Your world has been turned upside down, but you can survive and even thrive. You will breathe, laugh, and live again. The healing you want is real, and it's within your reach. And this is where you start. Take faith-based action for your healing. Go to grief2greatday.com, grief2greatday.com. Click on Work With Me and scroll to Workshop to purchase today. Look, there's a money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose, but there is help and hope to gain. Don't delay. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.